Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the deep dive and Liverpool have signed Alexis McAllister. And because Liverpool have signed Alexis McAllister, who better to bring in to talk Alexis McAllister with than Josh Williams? <laughs> Alexis McAllister might have been the answer to that, but he's not available and Josh Williams is available at the top of a hack because he's an absolute legend. Uh, and I enjoy speaking to you. So we're going to talk about Alexis McAllister. We did a deep dive on him about three weeks ago where we covered quite a lot of ground, to be honest with you. That is all up-to-date information if you want to go back there and check that one out. And it was why, I think it was Liverpool need to sign Alexis McAllister. Uh, so that was obviously a few weeks ago. It was an inflammatory title, but I think one that was, well, right, to be honest yes, with you, Josh. Um, so if you want to know like some more information that we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about the same stuff as last time. We're going to talk about differences um, and we're going to sort of compare them to Liverpool players later on in the show. But for now, we will do a bit of a top line sort of look at um, Alexis McAllister. So we're going to use FB Ref as we, as we tend to use uh, online and look at it scouting reports. Now, Josh, for you, what are the things that sort of stand out? What are the difficulties in trying to assess a player like a, a versatile player like Alexis McAllister when you do look at FB Ref? Yeah, well, that is the word for him, mate. He is, he is as versatile as it gets, really. He always plays in the middle of the park, as we know. Never plays on the flanks, obviously. But can play as a, as a deep-lying six or as a number 10, really. And he can play as an eight, but Brighton don't usually use him in that way. Um, because he's played like virtually half the season as a double six with Casado and a, a serious portion of the season as a number 10 because I think uh, I think Lana picked up a serious injury, so I think he was kind of his replacement in that role. We... We have numbers for him that are kind of split, I suppose, based on where he's playing. And is this a bit like if you imagine it as a heat map and someone plays the first half of the game on the left-hand side of the pitch left wing and then the first half of yeah, the exactly. second half of the game on the right, the heat map is kind of all in the centre because that's kind of where it is. And yeah. So we're not quite seeing, are we, the true defensive numbers for him and we're not try, quite seeing the true attacking numbers for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, if you play Virgil van Dijk up front for half the season, and then play him as a centre-back for half the season. At the end of the season, he's probably going to average like a serious number of shots compared to the average centre-half. That is obviously the data being shaped a little bit. It can deceive you and stuff. So that's what makes McAllister really difficult to analyse. So we can compare him to centre-mids, as in like sixes and stuff, mm-hmm. or we can compare him to tens, or we can just assess him for what he is really, which is a bit of both. And whatever clock needs them to be almost. Well, let's compare him to midfielders first then, Josh. What are the things that sort of jump out here off the page straight away? Well, when it comes to midfielders, I think there's, we obviously can't look past the fact that he's a keen shooter. 
Yeah. Um, averages about 2.5 shots per 90, which is a serious amount for a centre mid. You know, I think typically in the Premier League, we think of centre mids and, and we do expect goals. We think of Frank Lampard, we think of Steven Gerrard, Yaya Torre and these kind of midfielders. Whereas in reality, most centre mids stay in the middle part, in the middle third for most of the game and don't tend to shoot a lot. McAllister, in comparison, does shoot an awful lot. And some people would, would say that's that's a nice thing for Liverpool to add, considering we, we do tend to lack goals and assists from that area, don't we? Yeah, you know, it's true. Yeah. And I think one thing to note is that when we compare him against midfielders here, it's not really very fair because he's played as an advanced midfielder for most of the season. So he is in the top 1% for midfielders. But, you know, we'll maybe come back and check that against the attacking midfielders later where you get probably a better representation of where he's been playing for at least half of the season. I think you're right on the point about, you know, wanting sort of creativity and goals from midfield. People have wanted that a long, for a long time. Now, for me, one of the points that I sort of thought about while we had Salah and Mane and Firmino was when you're getting 70 goals a season from your front three players, it kind of doesn't matter yeah. if, you're, if you're getting goals from midfield. Now, my question for you really is... Or, or maybe I can sort of talk about it myself, is I can't see Liverpool getting 70 goals from the three front lads at the moment. Now, maybe if you added a four and five in there, you might get close to it. But let's say Mo walks away with 30 goals. Are you getting 40 goals right now from Diaz, from Nunes, from Gakpo? Potentially. And then, but... McAllister will help that figure, I think, and that's, I think, where it is. It's like, you're not going to get 70 goals from three players, but you might get 70 goals from five or six. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, again, just depends on, like, the, the system clock goes with and stuff. Like, it, obviously, the three-two-five that we've touched on a lot over the past few months, if you are forming that attack on bank of five, you are then expected to be delivering the goals and assists for the team, and that is obviously Salah, the nine, the left winger, and the two-eights. And I think in... In, in that system, McAllister would probably be one of the two eights. And I think he's shown this season for Brighton that he, he does have the the ability to contribute with goals and assists. I'm not sure exactly how he's many got, goals I think he's got. got 11 goals before, maybe with some penalties or and, yeah. and two assists, I think, um, yeah, off well, the top of my head. I've seen a few of his open play goals for Brighton and they, they do tend to be those kind of like arriving late in the box, timing you run really well, mm-hmm. good anticipation and then composure to put the ball away when it comes to you. So I think... Um, Sorry I to interrupt, I just wanted to get it right. It was 10 goals and two assists <laughs> okay. that he's got. Sounds. How many penalties then? Four. Four penalties, yeah. yeah no, so six, six, six. Six pens. Six, six pens, yeah. So right, so he's it's probably not actually as many. There, but. Yeah, it's not actually as many goals as people probably consider, to be fair, because six yeah. of them are penalties, but he's a great penalty taker. He might get goals from penalties. Mo Salah missed two of his four penalties. I was going to say, is, season, is, that so. a, is that a question for you? I would. If he's going to score six out of six and Mo's missing at 50% right now, yeah. Why not? Take the pressure off him. Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. I think um, sometimes you're inclined to just give it to the superstar, aren't you? And that's obviously Salah, but if he's not putting it away as much as the lad who's not so much in the spotlight, it's a big call for Klopp, but I think it's it's definitely one to make. Mm-hmm. What to think about. Um, so, so let's have a look at some of the stats against the attacking wingers, uh, attacking midfielders and wingers then, because now you can see his shots total goes down to, well, well, it's obviously the same total, but he's now top 27%. 
Yeah. Whereas he was top one percent versus the midfielders, and I think that's what we're trying to explain to you today is that you know it's very difficult to actually pigeonhole McAllister into where he where yeah. he is in terms of the statistics. Now the the, the eye test is completely different. Whenever you've watched him play, or whenever I've watched him play, I've been massively impressed with how often he gets on the ball, his technical ability, his ability to turn in type spaces, bring players in, look for those through the needle passes, and, and in some instances. Says, I think he should have more assists than he's got this season. And I think that is right down to the fact that Brighton strikers aren't Mo Salah. Um, and I think he, I think he'll get more assists for Liverpool for just being around better strikers. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you look at like where his numbers show up in comparison to these attacking midfielders and, and wingers and stuff like that, he just looks like a really ball-dominant player who's getting on the ball a lot, lots of passes, keeping the ball in comparison to the average like winger and the average is number 10. Um and I think it's interesting as well that if you look at just touches in the attack and penalty area, obviously he's not particularly inclined to to get in the box and touch the ball in those areas. So for me, he, he's, he's almost like that third midfielder who's just, who's like 50% an attacker, 50% a midfielder. And he's almost like, he's connecting the two a little mm. bit. And if you think of the player who, who's done that for Liverpool over the past few years in, in Bobby Firmino, oh, for me. Bobby. Oh, Bobby, sorry, that's right, okay. The connector. Um, Liverpool obviously going to have to cope without him moving forward. I think McAllister is a bit of a alternative take on almost like making up what Bobby did in the aggregates in a different way. If you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Actually, I never really thought of it from from that point of view. To be honest with you, but yeah, I suppose if we're not going to get a Bobby Firmino, if maybe let's say you play Darwin Nunes is probably the yeah. easiest example for people. Then you don't have the skill set that Bobby Firmino has in your side, but McAllister can come in get into those Bobby Firmino type positions and link the play together. Yeah, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, I, I think if you look at, as you say, Darwin Nunes, you've got to find a way to get him into the team. He cost 85 million and stuff. So a way in which you do that would be to, to field two number 10s behind him, which is what we're doing in this new system. Both of whom ideally never lose the ball, really, and, mm. and, and do connect the play. And McAllister, as you can see in his numbers, gets on the ball an awful lot in comparison to the typical attacking midfield kind of player. Um, I remember reading earlier in the season from a stats bomb piece, and I think it's called basically the number ten space pictured at the top of your head. Mm-hmm. I think it's, if you're being all technical about it, I think they call it zone fourteen that area of the pitch. And I think the piece I read, I remember him showing up in stats bombs numbers as a player who typically receives the ball in in a good amount of space, despite receiving the ball in pressurised areas like that. Um, so he's definitely he can definitely be that connector for Liverpool. That, that shows up actually when you watch him play because obviously I mentioned a few weeks ago that I've watched a lot of White Scout stuff on him and his best actions and all these types of things. I mentioned at the time that I've literally seen him take every shot this season and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And when I watch these sort of pieces, it is the movement that I'm sort of looking at a lot of the time when I'm trying to sort of self scout or something like that. You know what I mean? And he drifts off players so well in those areas of the pitch. Like they're not bursting runs. They're not sort of 10, 15 yard runs. He just, there's a fella moving with him and he'll just stop. Yeah. And before you know it, he's in five yards of space and he's receiving the ball and he's moving the ball on. And it's that clever sort of movement in in those sort of half spaces and, and 10 areas which make it so difficult for defenders to pick up. And he's got that in, in abundance, certainly. I uh, just wanted to carry on with some of the stats then and, and just sort of show you uh, some of his standard stats, really. And this is now 
versus midfielders, but I wanted to show you the attacking midfielders because I wanted to highlight what you were talking about before is that in terms of passion and dominating the ball and moving the ball forwards and, you know, all that type of stuff, you can see it's green bar after green bar after green bar here. I mean, in terms of passes completed, it's it's 97%, so he's in the top 3% there, but that's even low for Liverpool. Yeah. 49 passes per game. I know Brighton dominated the ball this season. They had the third most passes in the league after Manchester City and after Liverpool. So Brighton were like 21,000 something. Liverpool were like just over 22,000. I think it was Manchester City, just over 25,000. Brighton dominated the ball, but this guy is on the ball a lot, but nowhere near as much as even Jordan Henderson has averaged this season for us. who's averaged 58 passes per game this season. And I think when you look at Jordan Henderson, I think over his entire career, might have to check this one, I think it was 68 passes per game. So even now, this is low, and I expect this to improve and get better, even though you'd look at that and go, well, how much can he really improve in terms of that when you're playing on the Liverpool side and you're playing in those advanced areas, you are going to get a lot more of the ball, I feel. Yeah, a lot of it depends on, again, where he's playing and his role in the team. I do, I do think he's got like certain qualities attached to his game where he, he could become like a bit of a consoler for Liverpool. Not not so much as like a Thiago offered it, mm-hmm. but maybe like a, a bit of a balance between what Genie offered and what Thiago offered as kind of like a consoling presence who doesn't necessarily dominate the ball and consequently make you a bit predictable almost because the ball's going through him every time. But whenever he does get the ball, he just keeps it. And if, if you think of this modern trend of like this box midfield thing, the middle of the pitch is becoming more and more congested. And you, as a result of that, you need players who can basically put the foot on the ball and pressurised areas, relax, close control, really technical and stuff. And that's one thing I've definitely picked up on and watching him for Brighton this season. His ability to just get the ball under control and almost manoeuvre his, his body and, and, and shield the ball at all times. I think Lallana said this week in an interview with Brighton that he's he's stronger than you'd think and mm. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, top player and really looking forward to just, seeing how Klopp uses him. Just quickly then on the defensive side of things, then obviously this is now versus midfielders on your screen here and you can see it doesn't really show up very well at all, does it? Um, Josh, because, you know, there's one green bar there in the defensive sort of statistics versus midfielders, uh, and that's tackles in the middle third. Tackles in the attacking third is halfway, 49%. Defensive third is, is 36 I say midfield, in the middle third of the pitch, it's top 22%. Um, he's good at tackling dribblers, okay. But this isn't something, when we talked about a versatile player, when you compare him to midfielders, it doesn't really look like he's a versatile player per se, does it? No, but then if you if, if you and I'm I'm guessing that you're gonna do this, but if you if you then were supporting attacking mids and wingers on, on those numbers. It should be on your screen right now. Well, to be honest with you. The old take a massive boost. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's really difficult to analyse him in the numbers because of this this ever changing role that he's got at Brighton that we've seen and even for Argentina as well, he was used in different areas all the time. So it's credit to him, but he's almost in the numbers at least a victim of his his own versatility in a way. Absolutely. And for podcast listeners, I think we should just go through some of those numbers as well, because now he's in the top 2% in dribblers tackled. He's in the top 1% in tackles in the middle third. Uh, he's in the top 17% now in the defensive third. Top 9% for tackles and a top 12% for tackles won. So they all take a massive jump. He's top 9% for tackles and interceptions. Uh, what, that brings me on to something, because uh, when, when I first said, oh, this is probably the idea for the show, your first thing was, how are you going to do this, Chris? Because... <laughs> He's so hard to analyse. And I was like, I've got that covered, Josh. <laughs> uh, that was literally what I texted him back. And, well, WhatsApp, because, you know, it's not 1999. Um, 
And one of the things that I wanted to bring up from that then um, is we've got some statistics, um, not not for the screens or anything like that at this point, um, but. Uh, in 21-22, Brighton, 149 possession recoveries in his 33 Premier League games. In the six games prior to Potter leaving for Chelsea, he had 64 recoveries in six games. That's that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 64 recoveries in six games, most in the league at that point. By the time the Premier League stopped for the World Cup, he'd notched up 124 recoveries in 14 games, remembering that he had 149 in 33 the previous season. And at the point of the league stopping for the World Cup, he was second only to Declan Rice in recoveries per uh, total, which Rice was 139 and he was 124. In the 21 games post the World Cup, he won the ball 89 times in 21 games, which is a huge drop-off. A reduction of from 8.9 recoveries per game to 4.9 recoveries per game. And while McAllister's numbers went down under the Zerbi, Casado's went up going from 5.9 pre-World Cup to 7.9 post-World Cup. This is exactly what you're saying. There's a big split in the middle. He can do the defensive side of things. He was winning the ball back. The second highest rate in the league prior to the World Cup where he was playing as part of that too. And playing with another ball hawk, by the way, in Casado, who was averaging 5.9 and he was averaging 8.9 or something. That's 13, 14 from two players in the middle of the park. Post-World Cup, the Zerbi gets him forward. It might be that Lallana injury. He might have seen something in the training. He might have known all about him from his time at Argentina's juniors and Boca juniors and all that type of stuff where he he grew up as a 10. But the stats moved completely away from that. And his attacking stats in the World Cup, I think he had the same amount of chances created as Lionel Messi. Um, So this is how... how versatile a player he is he does well in both categories and I, I think that's just brilliant to be honest with you yeah he is a proper all-rounder mate so I think I think if you look at him I think it's it's very easy to just look at him and think to yourself like he looks like a luxury attacking creative player but if you if you do look at the numbers in in in, in more depth he is a real all-rounder who takes boxes across the across the field really and those numbers that you've just mentioned there that that reminds me of why I initially started talking about him because around the time we had the World Cup, I, I've obviously got my own podcast and we were kind of tasked with coming up with Liverpool content despite the World Cup being on Liverpool not playing for a month. So one of the things we did was look at midfielders and I remember specifically highlighting McAllister. As a Fabinho replacement maybe? Because he was <laughs> playing shit at the time, yeah, wasn't he? I wouldn't go that far, but I highlighted him as a player who... He had surprised me at the time because of his defensive numbers, because I was watching him and thinking quality player, really technical and stuff and creative and that. But he was at the time when I looked at him, he had he was averaging more like tackles and interceptions per ninety than Casado, who was deemed to be the ball winner. So this is what I've tried to get across a lot this season that he's he does a lot more than you'd think, McAllister. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, massive fan of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's have a little look at some of the statistics versus... Um, Liverpool players as midfielders um, I've actually compared them excuse me to Jordan Henderson Harvey Elliott Kurt Jones Thiago Alcantara and Ilkay Gundogan just because um, <laughs> all Premier League only domestic leagues only the 2022-23 season because I think that's the fairest way of doing it um, in terms of Start if we rank it by starts, Alexis McAllister comes out on top. If we rank it by minutes played, he comes out on top. If we rank it by 90s, he comes out on top. If you rank it by goals, he comes out on top. Now, big caveat there for if you rank it on goals minus penalty kicks, he actually is second, but he still beats out Kurt Jones, Harvey Elliott, Jordan Anderson, Thiago Alcantara, etc. etc. His expected goals is the most in the league. Now, that will be. Um, Obviously, inclusive of pens, which are 0.8. Is that a penalty? Expected uh, goals? About, yeah, if you round it up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then non-penalty XG, though, interestingly, he still ranks out on top. Ilki Gundogan had 6.7, McAllister 7.3. Big jump down then to 2.1, 1.4, 1.2 and 0.4 for all the Liverpool players. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that's obviously the, the, they're the totals. If you do it by per 90s, which I think you should do, yeah, Ilki Gundogan is second. Um, oh, first. Sorry, Ilki Gundogan is just first. Just yeah. Need to zoom out one more there, don't I? Unfortunately, but Alexis McAllister is still there or thereabouts, uh, and then it's the Liverpool players. So in terms of that, you can see, can't you, Josh? That he he compares better than all the Liverpool players that we've got currently, and he's up there with probably the most talked about and right now goal scoring attacking midfielder in the Premier League yeah yeah yeah. I think there's a, there's a fair drop there when it comes to Gundogan and McAllister um, father and son <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the kind of there's a drop there to to Elliot Jones Henderson and Thiago in terms of goal threatening in terms of I mean I suppose that relates back to what we've just been saying about McAllister being this kind of shot monster if you want to group him against midfielders likes to take a shot and as a result of his his tendency to shoot, he's posting a decent expected goals from from relatively close areas. Really, I mean, could be worse than that in terms of him shooting from like thirty yards and stuff like that. He's he's actually getting into relatively decent areas. So, yeah, he's uh, he's very similar to to Gundo one in many ways. Yeah, actually, that that reminds me. I did want to look at the shooting distance. Um, you can see he's actually third on shooting distance. So Thiago averaged slightly further upfield, twenty four point one. Henderson 22.8, McAllister 22.5, Harvey Gundogan um, just 18.1 and Kurt Jones very, very highly ranked there at 17.9. And mm. It is something that I think Klopp will want, Klopp will want to 
seen improvement on in his game because for those 2.49 shots from every shot I've watched of him this season he's not taking them from the best positions on the football field he's very much taking them from the Coutinho area of the field which I would like to see him get more into the box like an Ilkie Gundogan well again that he needs that license to do that he's I think there was there was certain games with Wijnaldum especially where Klopp he seems to just basically say to Wijnaldum go start going and say we need a goal late in the game or need a bit more attacking threats or whatever. So I think that the game will dictate whether McAllister does that. I don't think he'll be consistently instructed to basically empty the midfield by getting in the box. But then again, if we're doing this 3 2 5 thing, I suppose he's got more of a license to do that anyway because of the safety net behind him. Um, but when he when he does do that, when he does get in the box, he, he does show, show to me that he's got really good anticipation and um, just a knack for knowing where the ball's going to drop and things mm. like that, which I think, it's difficult to teach, really. I think that's either naturally in you or it's not. Yeah, I think you're right. And that might be talking about that movement that we were talking about before and that ability. Yeah. Like One of the things that I love about great players with great movements is that willingness to stop. Yeah. Because everyone's always moving. Yeah. And if you stop, yeah. the game state completely changes. Bobby Firmino was great at it. He just stopped. Messi, Messi's a master. Messi, player. just yeah. stop. Yeah. Everyone else keeps running. And then all of a sudden, you're in acres of space, and I've definitely seen that in Alexis McAllister. What I'd like you to talk about here, actually, is if we go back up to the standard stats and we look at the progressive carries, the progressive passes, and the progressive receptions. Um, do you want me to toggle that into pair 90? Yeah, that'll be. What, what is it you would expect to see in terms of an Alexis McAllister in this particular category? Well, according to the eye test, I would have expected him to be a really progressive player. Like a player who, essentially, not far from Thiago in the sense that whenever he's on the ball, he's moving forward. Um, I would, I don't think he's so much of a carrier, so I, I would have expected that to be fairly low. And in terms of receptions, again, it goes back to this, is he a six, is he a ten thing? If he's a ten, he should be receiving the ball in space a fair bit. So he should be posting a decent number of progressive receptions, but he actually ranks fifth, I think, on here, two point four per game in the progressive receptions category. Out of six. Uh, sorry, no, out no, he's, he's fifth out of six. Yeah, sorry, yeah, fifth yeah. out of six. Progressive carries wise, he's third out of six. Progressive passes wise, he's actually bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Which something is a that surprise. you. Yeah, it, it is. But why is it a surprise? Just because of the. I had attached to his game personally watching him that he's that progressive kind of player, but he doesn't look like it. And you could put some of that down to his position, but then Curtis Jones has played really high this season mm. and he posts more progressive passes than uh, Gundogan has played a similar role, Harvey Elliott, similar role. They're all more progressive than McAllister by the looks of it in terms of his passes, which is just something that has surprised me a bit. But Could this I, be... Sorry to interrupt me. Go Could on. this be to do with the team that he's playing for? Is it the, the way that the team's set up? Is it, or is it just this mm. might not be the player for progressing the ball forwards? It could. I mean, Brighton are a really progressive team under under the Zerbi. They are very forward with them. But I mean, one thing you could put it down to is a lot of their progressive passes come from the centre backs, mm-hmm. and the players further forward are almost responsible for just being a little bit. You know those bounce, bounce, bounce passes that like where you almost act like a wall and you just lay it off to the side of you. He's been really good at doing that. Maybe that stems from it. Maybe their aggressive passes are like Lewis Dunk, Adam Webster, Levi Cole, Will and players like that. And McAllister's just providing like 
the five really, yard for the run. Yeah, the really subtle touches yet in, in congested areas. So they could be anything down to it. It'd be interesting to actually reassess that. Like ten games into his Liverpool career and see if it's taken a real boost. Can I book you in now? Yeah. So you see me, yeah. We're gonna sort that <laughs> out then. Um in terms of uh, some of the defensive actions then, because we've looked at some of the passing and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, I'm going to get into some of the defensive actions because I think this is quite interesting to look at as well, isn't it? Um, so if we toggle on to the pair 90 stats now, in terms of tackles per game, Kerr Jones, surprisingly maybe for some, comes out on top, uh, 1.57. Uh, Alexis McAllister second, 1.06. In terms of dribblers challenged, he comes out second. Kerr Jones, surprisingly for some, maybe comes out on top, 2.7 for Kerr, 2.18 for McAllister. Tackle percentage, Thiago's the best, Kurt Jones is the second best, McAllister's the third best. Is it is it surprising to see that? As in in a good way? Yeah. For yeah, Kurt. Yeah. For Curtis Jones, I'm not that surprised, I'm honest, because it, it, A he hasn't played that many minutes, and the minute he has played, he's been responsible for being like the Yeah, basically, yeah, in that system he's been really good. But that's all. It's a shame we haven't got pressure numbers anymore, because I think Curtis Jones would be in the red, basically, as in like yeah. top on the scale and that. Um, but in terms of McAllister, as I said, like a, a, that is kind of where they expected him to be. I, I didn't think he'd be any kind of luxury that you've got a carrier and like that. He's certainly no passenger. He puts a foot in. He's willing to do that, um, and he regains the ball more for you than I think many people would expect. And I think when he starts playing for Liverpool, people will be generally pleasantly surprised by the elements of his game. I think his, his ability to put a foot in and regain the ball for the team, and then. Offer so much in possession as well. Okay, uh, so we'll move on to a bit of a summary then, I suppose, more than anything now. Um, because we because he's played for Brighton, there's, there's a lot of talk, obviously, you know, the, the fee, 35 million quid, if that's correct, is just scandalously low for a start, for a Premier League proven yeah. World Cup winning superstar, quite yeah. frankly. Um, like, that's Arthur Kepper. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is an absolute buy. I know like, you wouldn't want one kept, never mind half a kept. It'd be terrible yeah, goal. Yeah. <laughs> but like Sancho got seventy three. Now, obviously, you got to do the business on the pitch, and that's why I'm coming on to. I suppose is he's come from Brighton. It's a team that I think we all respect the way that they've been playing football. We all respect the way that the football club's been ran. Should it be easy for him to adapt to Liverpool? I think this is the beauty of it, really, because I think he's done the majority of his adapting, and this comes back to the. The standard line that you hear all the time in it from Liverpool fans, and it's why didn't we get McAllister before Brighton got him? Why didn't we get Virgil before Celtic got him? You know, why didn't we get Allison before Roma got him? When McAllister moved to Brighton, he couldn't speak the language. He had to do a fair amount of adjusting during COVID times as well. Um, and now he speaks the language perfectly. By all accounts, he's very good with English now. Um, he's done all of his adapting. He found. I was going to say he's found a position. He hasn't actually found a position yet. <laughs> he's found a few. He's found a few, yeah, yeah. Um, but Liverpool are now able to poach him when he's basically delivering. Brighton have now got to find the next McAllister and go through all that development again. So I, I think it's it's perfect time for him to make this step. 24 years old, I think he is. As I said, he just got to grips with the Premier League and the language and all that sort of stuff. So... Um, yeah, I can't remember your initial question. <laughs> Can he adapt quickly? Can he adapt? Yeah, he's done all of his adapting for me. And and we are now poaching him, almost like Real Madrid tend to poach players and the real elite tend to poach players. 
They've done all of their, their, their adapting at the side, further down the food chain, and we are left now. Now that he's ready to. I suppose in layman's terms, it's like it's like when you're buying a house in it. Like you, you know, I'm a cheapskate, so I buy a cheap. <laughs> I, I buy a do it upper. You know what I mean? But like yeah. some people with money will be just buying a house that's done and be moving yeah, in, and exactly. that's what Liverpool have done. And I haven't just compared um, FSG to having loads of dough there because I think they still haven't proved it because they're still been a cheapskate. You spend more money on transfers, FSG. Day <laughs> five million's too cheap. You losers. <laughs> um, so the first meltdown of the deep dive kind of <laughs> <laughs> took among 10-15 shows <laughs> um, I want to I want to talk about his positions as well we're going to wrap this show up now we're going to continue the discussion over on redmenplus.com we've got a code for you if you want to join up as a yearly club captain subscriber the code is MAC10 that's M-A-C-1-0 and we are going to give you £25 off make it half price a yearly club captain subscription so you'll get every deep dive from next season you get everything that we do on Red Men TV you'll get the Bobby Firmino documentary in full and in glorious high definition I should have planned this before I started talking um, <laughs> for just £25 for you you'll get all of next season's content as well um, so yeah please go over to Red Men Plus if you want to do that we're going to look at where he's going to play how he's going to play and in a flight of fancy we're going to start looking at Kone and we're going to look at um, uh, Kefram Turam as well we're going to combine those and be like right how do we fit all three of them into this Liverpool side can we actually sign all of these players and shove them into the midfield that's what we're going to do we're going to get our tactics board out it's going to be great fun I'm going to enjoy it you'll enjoy it get over to redmanplus.com code is MAC10 Josh thank you so much for joining me with your expert insights as ever yeah no worries mate see you all soon Ciao. Hey, our three-part documentary series, Bobby Firmino, Best in the World, is being released this June. And if you head to redmenplus.com and sign up, you're going to get early access to episode one, exclusive access to episodes two and three, and you're also going to get the full interviews with all of the contributors, including Jordan Henderson, Adam Lalana, Ian Rush, and so many more as well. Head to redmenplus.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.